We're going to be learning Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the only piece in Hilcho Shechita, Perak Yud Beis, Halacha Tes. And the issue that Rab Chaim is discussing is one that he already touched on in the second piece of Hilchos Machalos Asuros, Perak Gimel Halacha Yud Aleph, which is if an animal has parents of two different species, which parent does it follow, what status does it have, and which halachas apply to it. So the issue the Rabbim is discussing is Osoves Benah, it's prohibited to slaughter a mother and her son on the same day, but that only applies to behemas, what we would call cattle. It doesn't apply to chayas, which are wild animals. So the Gemara says that if the father is a goat and the mother is a deer, so then the mitzvah doesn't apply to that son because the mother is a chaya. But if the father is a deer and the mother is a goat, so the mother is a behema, then the prohibition of Osov does apply to that mother and her son. Now, the Rambam continues this case in the next generation. He says, Let's say the father goat and the mother deer gave birth to a daughter, and then she gives birth to a son. And then he slaughtered the daughter of the mother deer with her son, meaning the grandson. So that would be Asr, and the Rambam even says that the person would get punished in that case. And this is based on the Gemara in Chulan and Ain Tesom and Beis. The Gemara explains that when the Torah said that it's prohibited to slaughter a se, a sheep, along with her son, so it means a sheep vafilu miktsas se, even if the child is only a bit of a sheep. So in this case, it's a goat, not a sheep, but it means even if it has only partial ancestry of a behema, that's still sufficient to make it included in the prohibition of Osovespina. So that's where the Rambam got this halacha that even if only one parent is a goat, it would still be included in the prohibition. But Rab Chaim asks a question that the Rambam in Hilchos Machalos Asuros Perak Aleph Halacha Yud Gimel rules in a very similar situation. The same halacha applies to chelev, the fats that are prohibited in a behema but are permitted in a chaya. So the question is, what if the animal comes from both? So the Rambam writes, Klaim Habami Behema Tahorim Chaya Tahora. If one parent is a behema and one parent is a chaya. So chelbo aser, the chelev is prohibited because of the parent who's a behema. The ain lokin alav, but you wouldn't get punished on it. So Rab Chaim asks, why is there a difference here? The same principle that said that the person gets punished for osoves beno when one of the parents is a behema should also tell us that the person gets punished for eating the chelev when one of the animals is a behema. Because the principle of sev afilu miktsas se, even a partial sheep, applies to other animals, the Gemara says, to a deer, even a partial deer. So why don't we say a shore that an ox's chelev is usr, and even a partial shore, even if it's half of a behema, still the chelev is usr, and the person gets punished. That's Rab Chaim's question. Why is there a distinction between osoves benah, where the person would get punished for half a behema, versus the chelev, where it's prohibited, but the person doesn't get punished? So Rab Chaim explains that there's a major conceptual difference between these two prohibitions. When it comes to the chelev, we're not evaluating the status of this chelev itself, whether it's considered the chelev of a behema or the chelev of a chaya. But we're talking about the animal 
animal it came from, what status did that animal have, and then we would derive from the status of the animal whether this chelev is allowed or not. So the question is not whether this is behema chelev, but the question is, this chelev, did the animal it come from have the status of a behema? Because that's how the Torah formulated, that chelev of a shor or a kesev is prohibited, meaning if the chelev came from a behema, then the Torah prohibited it, but if it came from a chaya, then it's permitted. So now based on this, says Rab Chaim, this animal, which is a mixture, half a behema, half a chaya, we wouldn't say that the chelev is a mixture of half and half. It has half behema, which is prohibited, and half chaya, which is permitted. But rather, if we trace the whole question back to the animal itself, so then we would say that since this animal is half a behema, all of the chelev in its entirety is prohibited. And since the animal is half a chaya, then all of the chelev in its entirety is permitted. So this chelev is not a mixture of half prohibited and half permitted chelev, but rather it's both at the same time. It's entirely permitted and it's entirely prohibited. Because the status of the animal it came from sends us mixed messages. That on the one hand it's all permitted and on the other hand it's all prohibited. And this situation develops because the chelev is a derivative of the status of the animal. So when we translate the status of the animal into the status of whether the chelev is allowed or not, each half of the animal gets translated as full with regard to whether the chelev is mutter or asr. So that's why the chelev has both statuses in it at once. So that's how we understand the chelev makeup when it comes from a half behema, half chaya. But this is very different from the prohibition of osoves beno, which unlike the chelev, does depend on the status of the animal itself. It's not a secondary question which derives from the animal, but we're evaluating the animal itself. Is it itself a behema or a chaya? And if it's a behema, then osoves beno is going to apply. Because that's how the Torah formulated it, vishor osoves that if it's a shor or a se'a behema, then it's prohibited to slaughter it on the same day as the sun. So on that, the Gemara comments that a koi, which is this half a behema, half a chaya, would also be included in the prohibition because of the principle of se'a filu Even if it's partially a behema, then still the prohibition of oso beno applies to it. So that's why the Rambam says that there would even be a punishment because the prohibition of oso beno applies fully in this case. Once there's a half a behema, so then it's included in the prohibition of the Torah, so much so that the person would even get punished. But when it comes to chelev, there can't be a punishment because as Rab Chaim explained, the half of the chaya in this animal makes it that the entirety of the chelev is permitted. So even though the half of behema makes it entirely prohibited, but that situation where it's all prohibited and all permitted is one where it's usher to eat, but the person can't get punished for that. Because since it has a side, a half of the chaya, which is making it totally permitted, we can't apply the sev afilu even a partial behema, because that principle is only telling us that we follow the rules 
of the half of this animal, which is a behema. It doesn't tell us that the animal is fully a behema now. The animal remains a half a behema and a half a chaya, but the Torah is telling us that even if it's partially a behema, it has the rules of a behema applied to it. But when it comes to the chalev, even though the half of the behema is saying that the chalev is usr, that we already knew. But it doesn't affect the other half of this animal, which is a chaya, which is saying that the chalev is permitted. So you can't punish someone in such a case for eating that chalev. Meaning the principle of sev afilu even a partial animal, we could apply that to chalev and say a shore and even a partial shore. But that only reinforces the fact that there's half a behema in this case, which makes the chalev prohibited. It doesn't affect the half of a chaya, which makes the chalev permitted. So that's why the person wouldn't get punished in that situation. When it comes to Osoves Bino, there's no other half which is competing against the prohibition. Once we can show that Osoves Bino applies to half a behema, so then it applies fully and the person could get punished. And the other half, which is a chaya, is irrelevant in that situation because we're following the rules of the behema. But when it comes to chaylev, which is a derivative, so we can't cancel out the half of the chaya, which continues to make the chaylev permitted. So that's why there's no punishment. Now, based on this approach, Rab Chaim answers Tosis's question. The Gemara in Chulin, Andafayin Tess, extends this discussion also to the mitzvah of kisui haddam, of covering over the blood of a shechted animal, and that again only applies to a chaya, not to a behema. So if you have this koi, the half and half animal, so you should cover it as a precaution because of the half of the chaya. But the Mishnah says that koi ain't shochtin osobiyom tov, you shouldn't slaughter it on yom tov. And if you did slaughter it on yom tov, you shouldn't do kisui hadam because there there's a potential violation of yantif because the half of the behema doesn't need to have its blood covered. So the Gemara says that there is an exception if the father is a goat and the mother is a deer. So then the child's blood does need to be covered because tzvi vafilu even if it's a partial deer, a partial chaya, then the blood still needs to be covered over. So Tosos asks on that, that when the Gemara said, even a partial sheep, it doesn't mean that the whole animal has the status of a behema. It means that only half of the animal has the status of a behema. And therefore, with regard to matnos kahuna, giving the gift to the kohen, you only have to give the equivalent of half of the animal's gift. So in the same way, Tosfo says, when we say tzvi vafilu miktsas tzvi, even a partial deer, so that shouldn't mean that all of the blood of this animal has to be buried. Only half of the blood has to be buried. But the other half of the blood is treated like a behema and doesn't have to be buried. The problem is that in the first parak of Beya, the Gemara says that if the blood of a behema and the blood of a chaya and the blood of a bird get mixed together, so you are not allowed to cover it on Yom Tov because this blood is a mixture of some blood which has to be buried and some blood which doesn't have to be buried. So in the same way, says Tosvos, this koi 
even if the father is a goat and the mother is a deer, so it applies the principle of even a partial deer, but it, that only applies to half the blood. The other half of the blood is still a behema and is not obligated to be buried, and therefore you should not be able to bury it on Yom Tov because ultimately it's a mixture of half blood which does have to be buried and half blood which does not have to be buried. And the Gemara said that in such a case of a mixture, you don't bury it on Yom Tov because of the violation of Yom Tov of digging. Says Rab Chaim that according to his approach in the Rambam, you could answer this question of Tosvos. The Rambam would hold that Kisui Hadam, that mitzvah is similar to Osoves Beno, that it depends on the status of the animal. And it's unlike Chelev, which is a derivative of the animal, and we're evaluating whether or not this Chelev has the status of a Behema or a Chaya. So when it comes to Kisui Hadam, it doesn't work that way. We don't say that we have to evaluate whether the blood comes from a behema or from a chaya. It's not a question of the status of the blood, but rather a question of the animal itself. That's how the Torah formulates it. Because in the Pasuk it says, Asher Yotzud Tzed Chaya V'Of. So once it's a question of the animal itself, then like Rab Chaim said, that since there's a half which is obligated, in this case the half of the chaya, the miktsas tzvi, partial deer makes it that the blood is chayev to be buried. So that means all of the blood is chayev to be buried. It's no longer a struggle between the two halves that some of the blood has to be buried and some doesn't, but the entirety of the blood has to be buried because we follow the half of the chayev. So whereas Tosvos sees the blood as half chaya to be buried and half not, because it's half a behema, half a chaya, Rab Chaim is saying that once the question is the status of the animal itself, and when it comes to blood, that's the issue. So the Torah included a half a chaya in the obligation to bury the blood, and that applies to all of the blood. We no longer view it as having half blood of a behema, which doesn't have to be buried. All of the blood has to be buried, and that's why it can be done on Yantif. It's not similar to the case of the mixture of Behema and Chaya blood together, which can't be buried on Yantif. And Tosus's proof to his position was from Matnos Kahuna, the gifts that are given to the Kohen, where the Gemara says that it's half obligated. Says Rab Chaim, that's different because the Matnos Kahuna are like the Chelev. We are evaluating whether these gifts are matnos behema or chaya. The question is on the gift, which are a derivative, so that's why we view it as being only chayev half of the gift, because the other half comes from a chaya, and so it's not obligated. Now, the Rambam says in Hilcho Shechita, that in this case of Klaim, an animal that comes from a behema and a chaya, that the blood does have to be buried, but ein mevarchen alav. You don't make a bracha on it. So it's not a full chiyuv that it would get a bracha, but it does have to be buried. So Rab Chaim says that if the Rambam holds when it comes to Kisui Hadam, that half of it is obligated to be buried and half of it is not obligated because it comes from a half behema. So then why shouldn't there be a bracha? At least half of the blood is full chaya blood, which is fully obligated to be buried. And so there should be a bracha on that half of the blood. So the fact that there's no bracha, says Rab Chaim, means that the Rambam holds, like he explained, that the blood 
has the status of the Chaya, and therefore it all in its entirety has to be buried because of the partial Chaya status that it has. But still the Rambam says there's no bracha because there is a half of it, which is a behema. So that unique status that this is not a regular Chaya, it's a half of a Chaya, but it also has a half of a behema, precludes being able to make a bracha on it. So this supports Rab Chaim's idea that when it comes to the Kisui Hadam, we're evaluating the status of all the blood together and it follows the halachas of Achaya in the sense that it has to be buried. It's included in the law of the Torah to bury the blood because of the partial Chaya status. But overall, the status is not a full Chiyuv like a normal case where there's a bracha because half of this animal is a behema. So it has this more gray area status where there is no bracha. As opposed to if it would actually be half and half, that half of the blood is fully Chaya blood, then it should be buried and there should even be a bracha because that half would be a full chiyuv. There's just another half, which is a behema, but that doesn't affect the first half. So the Rambam's psak that there's no bracha when burying the half behema, half chaya blood indicates that it's the first reading, that we're evaluating the status of all of the blood, which supports Rab Chaim's idea that when it comes to blood, the question is the animal itself. And as long as it's a partial chaya, so then the Torah included it in the commandment to cover the blood. And Rab Chaim compares this at the end to someone who's born already circumcised or a convert who was circumcised and then converts. So you have to do hatafas dambris, just take a little blood, but there is no bracha on that. Even though the Rambam holds that that chiyuv of hatafas dambris is a vada, it's not just a suffix that maybe they need it, but they certainly need that ritual. So we see that if it's not the full mitzvah, then you don't make a bracha, even though it's obligatory in the fullest sense. So in the same way, says Rab Chaim, that would apply to burying the blood of the koi, even though it's fully obligatory, and it can even be done on yantif when the mother is a deer. So you see that it can violate yantif, but you still don't make a bracha because it's not the mitzvah in its fullest form. So that's Rab Chaim's piece, a very nice piece to explain the differences between primarily the prohibition of Osoves Beno versus Chalev. And Rab Chaim explains that since Chalev comes from the animal, so the issue in Halacha is the status of the animal, not the Chalev, which impacts that if it's a half a behema and a half a chaya, so then we view the Chalev as having both elements in its entirety in it. As opposed to Osoves Beno, which is not a derivative, the issue in Halacha is the animal itself, so then if it's half a behema and a half a chaya, the prohibitions of the behema apply fully to that animal because that's the principle of the Gemara. So long as it's a partial behema, it has those halachas applied to it. And then Rab Chaim broadens the discussion to include kisui hadam and matnos kehuna. And he explains that kisui hadam is the same as oso vespino, that it depends on the status of the animal which was shechted. Meaning the definition of the mitzvah is not that blood of a chaya needs to be buried, but rather someone who slaughtered a chaya needs to bury the blood. So once it's a partial chaya, then all of the blood is obligated to be buried. Whereas matnos kahuna is like the chaylev, it's a derivative. So the question is, do these parts of the animal come from a behema 
or from a chaya, and that would impact whether or not they have to be given to the Kohen. So in a case of a half and half, it would be half of the animal is obligated and half is not. So it's like chaylev, although it's a little different because in the case of a half and half, the chaylev is not half and half, but it's all permitted and all prohibited at the same time. So in the course of this discussion, we learned some nice conceptual ideas with regard to these four mitzvahs, that the evaluation of chaylev is not what type of chaylev is this, but rather what kind of an animal does it come from. And the same thing is true of matnos kahuna. We don't evaluate whether this section of the animal is a behema one or a chaya one, but rather what kind of animal did it come from, versus osoves bino, where the only question is what kind of animal is this, and that's a more obvious one because there really is no derivative, but the more intriguing one is kisui hadam, burying the blood, that Rab Chaim defines it, the issue is not, is this blood of a behema or blood of a chaya, but rather, did the person who shechted the animal shecht a behema or a chaya? And if they shechted a chaya, then that blood has to be buried. So the issue is the animal itself which was shechted, not whether the blood is chaya blood. And finally, at the end, Rab Chaim throws in another idea in making sense of why there's no bracha on the covering the blood of the koi. And this seems just incidental, but it's a big chiddush in and of itself, which is that according to the Rambam, even if an action is obligated, there's no bracha on it so long as it's not being done in its standard format. And the two examples Rab Chaim has are covering the blood of the koi, which is fully obligatory because even a partial chaya has to have its blood covered, and if the mother is a deer, it can even be covered on yantif, in violation of digging on yantif. But still, according to the Rambam, there is no bracha, because it's not being done in its standard format, since half of this animal is a behema. So that partial status of a behema can remove the obligation of the bracha, even though the kisui hadam is totally obligatory. And similarly, the hatofas dam bris of someone who's either born circumcised or a convert who was already circumcised beforehand, even though it's totally obligatory, but according to the Rambam, there's no bracha because it's not being done in the standard form of the mitzvah of Mila. So this is a big chiddish worth keeping in mind, Rab Chaim's understanding of the Rambam in this regard.